Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey everybody, welcome to Netflix Life, a streaming TV podcast from Fansided. I'm Bryce Solon and I'm joined by my co-host Cody Schultz. 2021 was a great year for Netflix shows and movies, but there were definitely some not-so-good shows and movies released during the year. Um, So these are the 2021 Netflix movies and shows we wish that we could unsee. Um, But first, we've got a bunch of big release date news to talk about. So Netflix just shared the release date information for a bunch of new and returning Netflix shows coming in 2022. Um, Let's see, should I just... I'll read through the list, Cody, then I'm going to come to you and and see what, what you're interested in watching. So... Raising Dion Season 2 um, comes out February 1st. Vikings Valhalla comes out February 25th. And then, obviously, we don't have release dates for the next batch of these, but then we've just confirmed that they are coming next year. And it's Stranger Things Season 4, The Umbrella Academy Season 3, Lock and Key Season 3, a Resident Evil live-action series, The Sandman, The Midnight Club, Alice in Borderland Season 2, and The Witcher Blood Origin. All right, so, Cody, what what, what are you thinking about? Yeah, so I mean, of course, Stranger Things is one that we're <laughs> looking forward to. I think beyond that, uh, the Umbrella Academy, that's one I'm really looking forward to. Um, I'm hoping, it's exciting that it has been confirmed for 2022, like we know it won't be delayed. Of course, this was one that like the first season dropped in 2019, we got season two in 2020. So not having a season this year, I know kind of threw fans off, myself included. So it's nice just knowing that it's not going to be another Stranger Things with like two or three years between seasons. Uh, right. I'll be curious to see because they did announce like January and February dates. Of course, I'm thinking that obviously means the earliest we'd see the Umbrella Academy could be like March. Um, I don't know if we would see it then. I have a feeling that they're going to maybe go closer to summer. Um, but I'm also really excited. I haven't caught Raising Dion season one. 
Um, that was one I meant to watch. And then just there's so much coming that it was one that I kind of left in my queue. And so it's like now that I know season two is coming, it's like, OK, I need to catch up on this so I can watch the second season once it drops, because that was one that it had caught my eye from day one. But then I forgot when it dropped. And it's I'm bad for with streaming shows, like if they drop and I don't watch them, then I'm just like, I'll get to it next week because there's not a rush now. And then I forget to get to it because everything else is coming. Exactly. I agree. When it's not on weekly, it's tough um, to like be reminded like of those shows. Uh, Raising Dion, though, definitely is one on my list. Vikings Valhalla. So I watched Vikings on the History Channel like a while back, started it. I didn't finish it, but I'm excited to see what Netflix does with this one. And then you mentioned it, The Umbrella Academy, Lock and Key. Um, the Sandman's going to be really interesting. And then The Midnight Club is probably the other one on my list. Uh, I'm also excited to see The Witcher Blood Origin, which is The Witcher spinoff, to see how that adds to this whole world. It's the live action spinoff. Sorry if I didn't mention that. And I guess we should also mention, these are not the only Netflix shows confirmed for 2022 so far. We still have Bridgerton, um, probably Virgin River Season 4, Sweet Magnolias, Love is Blind. These This list came from Netflix Geeked, which so you can kind of see, um, just looking at that whole list, it's kind of a sci-fi, fantasy, um, and like comic book adapt adaptations kind of type of list. Does that make sense? Yeah, which I think that's a good segue into like the glaring omission from the list of shows coming in 2022, which is Shadow and Bone. Um, we kind of, this is one that we always were like, could it come in 2022? Could it be one that it would take a little bit longer just because of the size of production? It wasn't on the list. That doesn't mean it couldn't come. But I feel like this is one like if it was planned to come in 2022, they'd be like promoting it already. So what do you think on this one? Yeah, I think that this is tough. I you caught this. Yeah, I I wasn't even, I wasn't paying that close of attention. I was thinking like, oh, look at all these, and you're like, wait a second. If they're confirming <laughs> these, they're not confirming this one. And I'm like, oh no, you're right. So yeah, I think that that's. I don't know. I think that just like reading between the lines a little bit, Shadow and Bone season two is probably 2023 at this point. I feel like. There's been rumors that production is going to start in January, and I don't know if those have been confirmed yet. Um, you know, when we found out that it wasn't filming this, this I think it was this fall. I think Sean Levy said production is starting soon, like back in August, and everyone was like, great, 2022, here we come. And then, like, we find out months later, oh, they haven't started, and they've they're wor- the cast is working on other projects, etc. Um, so I feel like that that's kind of a bummer. Uh, but I think that it's definitely looking more like 2023 at this point. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. And I feel like that's kind of where we've been at. Like we've seen with The Witcher, the seasons have dropped like every other year instead of every year. And so it kind of makes sense. Like if this is it's kind of in the same vein, another big fantasy series that it takes a little bit longer to produce. I think like just the thing that fans should hold on to is there is another season coming. It's just a matter of going to be like when. Um, and who knows, maybe they'll surprise us. We never know. Like you can never rule things out with Netflix. They've surprised us many times in the past. Right. And I'm really hoping, you know, with a show like this, like we've seen, I don't think the Witcher filmed anything for season three back to back, but lock and key was one that, um, they filmed season two and season three back to back. I'm hoping that with shadow and bone starting in January and how long that took to get everything in line, that maybe the writing team had a, you know, the chance in in Netflix to like really like get together and come up with like what the real plan is for the show. How many seasons are they doing? Um, And then look at how they can get those seasons out faster because it is kind of a, it's not a buzzkill, but like when you watch like a season of The Witcher 
or the first season of The Witcher, say, and we're like thinking, oh, I'll get to watch the next season next year. And then you have to wait two full years with the pandemic and everything to watch it. It's just like it makes it really challenging, I feel like, to get those people who are like on the fence to watch something when you know there's going to be such a long time. Or like you were mentioning earlier, like you put it, you think, oh, I'm going to watch this and then you forget about it forever. Like I do that, too. It's just like how it goes. But it kind of works against Netflix more than other, um, you know, streaming networks and stuff like that. So. I, I don't know. I am really excited for season two, but I'm also like a little bit bummed. The good news is we have a bunch of stuff coming next year that we won't probably won't really miss it that much. Um, and hopefully it's better than the shows or movies we're about to talk about. <laughs> I know I was going to say, speaking of things we wish we could forget. <laughs> um, I feel like there's no better way just to dive in and kind of recap the list. And then we can talk and have a little bit of a venting session for some of these shows and movies we wish we could unsee. So let's do it. We rounded up a list of, I believe, nine, and I think it's pretty well versed in movies and shows. So we've got A Week Away, Afterlife of the Party, There's Someone Inside Your House, He's All That, The Kissing Booth 3, Sweet Tooth, Sex Life, Fate, The Wink Saga, and Pretty Smart. Um, I feel like that's a fair list. Like, I know there's fans of these shows. There's even some that, like, I'm borderline on. Like, Afterlife of the Party, there were some good moments of it. But then, like, when I look at, like, the ending, I wasn't really happy with how it ended. It was just, like, a little weird. And so I feel like this is a good list. And it's each of these shows have merit for being dubbed, like, one of the shows we wish we could unsee. Or I'd even go so far as, like, saying the worst movies and shows of Netflix <laughs> like, this year. I know. I always hate. I always hate talking, at least publicly, about the shows and stuff that I hated. Because we all know, you know... It takes a lot for anything to get made, and it's kind of, I've heard someone say a miracle that any movie gets made, because there's so many things that have to go into it, and there's a lot of work and dreams and blood, sweat, tears, etc., but just not everything has to be what we like, and that's kind of what our list is, is stuff that we didn't really like. Um, I think that that's the safest, that's the nicest way to put it. Um, so I guess the 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 one notable one that we've got here that is probably what would be dubbed the worst Netflix movie of 2021 is probably He's All That. Is that fair? Yeah, it's it's a close tie for me between He's All That and The Kissing Booth 3. But I think He's All That takes the 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 win and the title of like the worst movie. Or I'd say honestly, like the most probably the worst Netflix original of the year, like movie or show combined. Mm. I I wanted to like this. Um I, I mean we've talked about it on the podcast before. Like we're both fans of the genre like we're not opposed to like those kind of like romantic comedies we've talked a lot about like how much we love like the uh to all the boys series and that and the netflix christmas so it's not that it's a genre thing it was a movie thing um from like the acting i i hate i don't like being critical of people but like i just couldn't get past like addison ray's performance in the the film there was like weird segments like some storylines just didn't make sense like the guy being like a secret ninja he's like into horses he's a photographer like <laughs> he's got an incredible voice like that he, he breaks out of like a random karaoke <laughs> and even the effect stuff because i'll never forget like one of the funniest things that come from this was how like twitter discovered a scene where like addison ray's dancing and they like green scream her arm off at one point <laughs> yeah what was that uh yeah that's a i don't know like again it just felt like this movie was a little bit out of touch. Like, you know, I think that we can all respect, like, you know, different genres especially. But if you don't, like, even nail, like, the story that you're trying to tell or, like, that there's no... Is there a point of view or is there something that we're trying to say here? 
Um, I don't think that it said anything. And that's the part that is like, I don't know. Even like the kissing booth, the earlier ones, I feel like that they were, you know, trying to say something about something. In this, I just felt like it was like, do you remember that one movie that was called She's All That? What if we did it with other people 25 years later? And that's what we got. And so it just wasn't uh, wasn't my favorite. The Kissing Booth 3, though, I will say, also not good. Very, very long. And, like, I used to never really, like, I don't know, like, fall asleep watching movies and stuff. I could always find something. But this movie, it just, I, I can, I just could barely get through it. And I feel like that, like, there's a huge plot hole with, like, the whole house that they're selling to tear down that they also need to fix up. What? <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, this movie tried to do too much, I think. Like, they could have just had, like, the last hurrah, like, a summer thing. Like, they didn't need to throw in the element of, like, oh, we're selling the family beach house. And I couldn't get my head wrapped around, like, we're selling it, but we have to do all these remodels to so this place that looks, like, spectacular as it is. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't make sense. Like, it was too much. And I... I know, like, the genre, like, people, there are people out who, like, say that it's too predictable and that, but that's part of what I like about the genre. Like, I like the predictability of, like, knowing you're generally going to get, like, that happy ending, like, feel-good story. Like, even if it's not, like, completely wrapped up with a bow, like, you, you know, leaves the imagination open. This one was kind of weird to me. Like, I didn't like the time jump, just felt weird at the end. I like that Elle picked herself and, like, chose, like, that, you know, journey for herself with, like, going her own path with college, but... The time jump felt weird, and then there was, like, this awkwardness of, like, oh, we were all best friends, but we didn't talk for six years, and it just, I don't know, it felt like a hot mess, and, like, it could have been its own movie, or or even, like, a part of the movie. Like, they could have just skipped the whole house stuff, jumped ahead the six years, and then done, like, a half hour of the movie in that time period, instead of doing, like, three minutes, and then, like, saying, oh, and then, you know, I don't know, it was just weird, and I didn't care for it. I forgot about the time jump, and I, like, had a really bad flashback to, to, like, that movie just should have ended. We did not need the, we did not need the the time jump there to jump forward. I guess of the other ones, um, just moving this along, because we could talk about He's All That and the Kissing Group 3 all day, uh, there's someone in your inside your house is probably the one that I was most disappointed with of the rest of the list, because it has potential. I really like, you know, the teen slasher scream type movies um it seemed like it had it had a good cast it's just the story was all over the place i don't know does someone i was trying to figure out i was trying to remember is does someone say there's someone inside your house in the movie because i didn't hear anyone say it and there wasn't even someone inside your house for that long so it was just like like the first scene that happened and then maybe a couple other things but then there was they were at a church they were in like a cornfield there was not i just I thought that this movie was all going to take place in one house and it did not happen that way. So, and it was just like bad. So that's unfortunate. Any, any other ones for you? Yeah, I guess I touched a little bit on it. Afterlife of the party. That was one I had high expectations and it it had like, it had some good parts, but I just didn't, I couldn't get over the ending. Um, The ending just felt really weird with like the elevator to the afterlife with some like random pop star that this girl had never met just idolized in real life. It just felt very weird. Like, I feel like they could have just made it about like her and like her journey. Like she realized something. I don't know. It was bizarre to me. Another bizarre one to me was pretty smart, which I know there's going to be some listeners who are going to be like, Oh, how did you include this on here? I tried. I love Emily Osment. I loved her and, you know, young and hungry 
I've seen her in a couple of, like, the Hallmark movies she's done. I tried to watch this show. I watched, like, the first two episodes. I'm like, okay, maybe the pilot's just the, the problem. Because some shows, that's the issue. You know, they have a... They stumble in the first episode trying to do too much. And then I just couldn't get past the second episode. I don't know. I feel like it's almost insulting, like, the characters, like, they kind of play, like, the cliched, like, dumb versions of certain, like, areas. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just... If it's done well, it can be, you know, funny and all that, but I just didn't think it was done very well. <laughs> no comment. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I also, let's see, what other ones do I got on here? Uh, Sex Life, out. Tried to watch that. It was not what I was expecting it to be, even though it's very clearly tells you in the title exactly <laughs> what it's about. Um Fate the Wink Saga, love teen shows, just especially Ad Magic. I thought that that was a recipe that I would never get tired of, and I had a tough time finishing that season. And it's coming back for season two, so hopefully they can improve it. Sweet Tooth, though, I know, yeah, you didn't love that one as much as others. The first episode dragged, right? I think we can all admit. <laughs> Yeah, this one, and I have to, it's one I have to admit, like, I didn't watch beyond the first episode because I barely got through the first episode. (laughs) Like, it's never a positive sign when I'm, like, on my phone constantly looking at, like, what time it is and how long I've been watching an episode, and I'm, like, checking emails, messaging people, like, this just, I don't know, there was something with the concept to start, like, the whole Dear Boy thing, like, (laughs) the woods, like, his dad, I don't know, like, the whole thing, like, he meets a stranger at the end, and he's, like, goes on this adventure across the country suddenly with, like, this guy he just met. Like, he's a kid who's been sheltered. I don't know. Just, like, the whole concept (laughs) felt weird to me. It's a huge success. Like, I know there's a lot of fans who love this show. Um, Maybe it got better after the first episode, and I just couldn't go back to it. But with shows, there's so many on. Like, if it's not a show that I'm excited about already, if it doesn't hook me in that first episode, and it felt like an endless amount of, I don't even know how long this episode was, but it felt like an eternity. And that's never like a sign to keep watching for me. Yeah. I just had a thought, breaking news. Sweet Tooth also not on the list of the geeked, uh, like sci-fi fantasy shows coming in 2022, which makes you a little bit worried. Well, makes, not it doesn't me. make you worried. <laughs> makes everyone else a little bit all right, I think I think we better go. That's all the time we've got today. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Don't watch the shows we mentioned. Get ready for the other stuff coming in 22, uh, 2022. See you all next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.